Sorry, it's so good. I'm going to do something I normally don't do. I'm going to ask you guys to pray with me real quick. And I'll, Brennan, you crush it. You pray and we had worship. Um, the same thing, just sitting back there during worship. and just, I, I want you guys to pray with me that anything that would be said tonight, yeah, talking about dating and, and how do you go about dating. But this whole series, I think, trying to be really intentional with how do we in the midst of whatever, even we talk about whatever series we're doing, like we're doing a mosaic series in November where we're looking at all the gospels and how, they all, all, how do the gospels come together to give us the complete picture of who Jesus is. And everything that we do, we just want to point you to Jesus. And I feel like there, there is a, a healthy burden that I felt for this week and then continues into next week as we finish the series up. For people who are going to hear whatever's going to be said, that you guys would just, and, and including myself, because I've had some conviction happen this last week, that you would know the Father's heart for you. So would you just, would you just pray with me? Um, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the songs that were sung, the truth that was said. I think the reality that we are even in a community, you invited us into this place and we are family. Thank you for that word from Brennan. But God, now let the words that are being spoken be completely spirit-led, let, let what is said of me be destroyed. And Jesus, would you just be seen clearly? Even when we talk about dating, we thank and praise you that we can look into your word, that we can see how you desire for us to live our lives, and we can always continue to be pointed to Jesus. We love you, we praise you. It's in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm gonna just start this off. Pre-Jesus and post-Jesus, I sucked at dating. Just did, was terrible at it. So as I'm preparing the message for tonight, and and a lot of the content that we've gotten for this series has been from a book um, by Ben Stewart, called Single, Dating, Engaged, and Married. Uh, And there's a a couple other resources. There's a book called Relationship Goals by Mike Todd. And there's a book coming out by Jonathan Pakuda called Outdated. And these are just some resources for you to be able to check, like, okay, how do I date as a follower of Jesus? And so, like, the stuff we're we're pulling together are truths that we've been taught a lot of the time. Like, the majority of stuff that I teach you guys is this, okay, this is what I've heard, this is what I've read, and then I just, like, word vomit on you. And that's just what happens. And we pray that Jesus works it, and he does, and the spirit moves, and we're thankful for that. But as I was doing this, I recognized that, okay, pre-Jesus, I absolutely was horrid at dating and relationships, specifically, well, all relationships. I was bad, I was not a good brother, I was a terrible son, I was not good at romantic, I just wasn't good at relationships. And then post-Jesus, I still had these, like, negative tendencies of, like, here's how pre-Jesus Ben acted in the midst of trying to, like, find a boyfriend, or find a girlfriend, I don't think that was a Freudian slip. I'm married for 10 years. That was a joke. Um, but like, I, like, but so they had these tendencies that were still there in the midst of my pre-Jesus days. And it's like, I brought those in and, and I didn't know what I was doing. And, and I was talking to Abby this week as I was preparing this message and seeing like, man, these are, these are things that we should have done. And we were talking and like, I was like, yeah, we sucked at this. Why are we so bad at this? So as you hear this message, as you hear just these seven principles of what it looks like to, to intentionally, purposely, and biblically go about uh, the dating process, which is a process of evaluation with the idea of getting you to the goal of, of, of being married. As you hear tonight, what I want you again to know, know the Father's heart for you. In, in areas where you've screwed up, in areas where maybe even now you're not doing well in the midst of the dating process, or maybe in the future when you fail, in Jesus you've been forgiven. Just know that. Please know that. That is my desire for you because I wrestled with that this week. I've had to go back in my life in relationships where I've hurt people and I've had to ask for forgiveness this week. It was tough, but it was also really good because in that I was reminded that Jesus was for me. So me and Abby, we're sophomores in college. 
Um, she's a bio major. I'm interdisciplinary studies, which is like, I don't do anything. Like my emphasis was philosophy and religion, which is like, I just went to class. It was great, but I, I don't remember ever doing homework, which is uh, proved by my GPA. <laughs> but Abby's pre-bio. And, and, and my group of friends and her group of friends saw each other one day at 20's Diner, which is a thing we used to do and, and still would do in this church, but, you know, COVID and food and getting together in small places and we just got to be smart. But we saw each other at 20's Diner when it was over in the activity center on the other side of the building. And, and we sat next to them at the same table and it's like, okay, this gal and, and these group of gals that I see and these, these friends and my friends, it's like, okay, we all go to the same place, we come to church together, we go to Oasis, we go to Crew. Um, and we just like, we noticed these group of friends and they were really cool. And so we sat down and we were making jokes and it was fun and and me and Abby, initially, like, we started becoming friends in the spring semester of, my, of our sophomore year. And as the semester went along, we just started hunting my group of friends and her group of friends started hanging out. More and more, like, we watched The Notebook in Pearson 127 one night, and it's like, and I had to sit in the corner because I was crying because it's beautiful, and at the same time, it's giving me expectations that are unhealthy for how to pursue a romantic relationship. <laughs> just saying. Speaking of unhealthy expectations, just please, I, I know y'all, some of you love The Bachelor, just don't watch it, please. I just, Brandon came up to me today, he's like, oh, watch The Bachelor. He's like, what are you doing? I know you're married. I know, I just, ah, oh, sorry. Tangent number one, you can mark it off in the top of your notebook, that's, that's one. We started becoming friends, and then all of a sudden, it was just kind of like, and this is going to sound weird, but I'm single, I have a desire to be married, I know that God has placed a desire in my heart to be a dad. And it's like you get into this, in, in this season, it's like, like, there are some prospects here. And it's like, I don't want to say it's like going to pick a puppy out of a litter of puppies, but it's like, I, that doesn't go out. Like, that sounds awful, I know, but that's, <laughs> we allowed myself and our group of friends to be around the, a good group of people. And we were in a good community and started getting to know, it's like, man, this, this Abby chick, like, she's cool. Like, she really loves Jesus. And it was finals week of our sophomore year, and I'm texting my friend, Morgan, and he's the one who, who helped bring me to Jesus. And I'm texting him, and I'm doing, like, because I'm immature, and I don't date well, and I didn't do it well, and all that has been established. And I was like, dude, I really like Abby. Like, do I tell her before she goes off in the summer? We're not going to see each other all summer, and then do I wait and then just hope something happens in the fall? Like, all in text. I'm an emotional person. Like, I, I just try, I need help. So I was like, I'm more, what should I do? And we're going back and forth in the text. And then I said, like, I think I'm going to tell Abby that I like her. I think I'm going to call her tonight. She's at Touchdown Jesus studying because it's finals week and she's a, a good student. <clears throat> I'm going to call her. We're just going to have a conversation. I'm going to say, I got to tell her. I got to do it. I'm going to tell her. And in my life, what I do unintentionally, and I've done this multiple times, is I accidentally text the person I'm talking about in the text. 100%. And so a text that was went for Morgan that said, should I tell her I like her, went to Abby. And she texts it back. She goes, was this for me? And so immediately I call her. I go, yeah, where are you, are you at Touchdown Jesus? He goes, yeah, I'll be right over. And I go, and we walked around Touchdown Jesus. And we said, oh, I like you. I like you too. What should we do? I don't know. <laughs> because no one told me. And I didn't pursue it intentionally. Like, how do you do this? Like, how do you date well as a Christian? And so my goal tonight is to give you seven principles of what it looks like to be intentional, purposeful, and biblical in approaching dating as a follower of Jesus. Now know this, a date is not dating. Very important disclaimer and distinction. A date is a one-time event that you've gone with someone to get to know them with zero expectations at the end. 
We, we don't do that. Because what we do is, like, I've gone on this date with this person, and then we leave, and both, like, it's not just the girls. It's both sides. They're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if he likes me, but that was awesome. I hope we get to do it again. And we have these expectations, or we put these labels on it, and, which is sometimes super, super unhealthy. A date, one-time event, to get to know another person with no expectations attached. Dating brings a little bit more intimacy into it. And what's hilarious, especially about college, it's fun for me to watch some of you freshmen the first couple months of the school year. Because especially if you come from a church, you come in hunting, almost. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's fall semester hookup time, and I'm coming because my mom told me I gotta find a spouse. And so it's like, you get all dressed up and it's really nice and like the one good outfit the guy has, he puts on for kickoff or oasis and the gal's getting all pretty and makeup and all the things. And, and you guys are having a conversation, but like in the corner of your eyes, like you're looking like, I think that's one. Should I go over there? I'm just, I'm just kind of walking. No, right there. But it's just funny for me. You come and you try to find a spouse. I just want to find this. I, I once, in, in my freshman year of college, came and Morgan was a farmer. So again, Morgan, guy, loves Jesus, brought me to Jesus. He was a farmer and he knew of a friend who also went to SCSU where his family told him, listen, we know you're going to be a farmer, but you need to go to college and find a spouse and bring her back because there's no one here. (laughs) (laughs) But we approach relationships like this. It's just really unhealthy. It's really, 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 really unhealthy. So you get into fall semester freshman mating season and it's really weird. But then like three months in, it's like all we, like y'all start wearing sweatpants to Oasis and we're comfortable and we actually are acting like a family now because it doesn't matter as much. But we approach the romantic relationships as I'm gonna go to church and allow that to be my little hunting ground to find the person that I'm supposed to be with for the rest of my life. Instead of, like we talked about last week, what does it look like for you to run the race marked out for you as you passionately pursue Jesus with everything you are and as you're running towards Jesus doing the little small things that he's asking you to faithfully do you see other people running alongside you and said instead of coming Sunday night to Oasis to find my spouse it's I'm coming and I'm coming to worship Jesus and in that I'm going to see other people worshiping Jesus so all of a sudden we're living life together and we're a community and we're a family but we're a family that's okay to date each other because it's not by oh yeah (laughs) and so let me get to this okay so how do I do this process So seven principles. Number one, date prayerfully. Should be really obvious, but we got to say it. Should be incredibly obvious, but we have to say say it. Prayerfully is coming to this reality of, okay, God, I'm in relationship with you. I'm running after you, and I want in, as I chase after you, I'm inviting you into this process of me starting to date. I'm, I'm trying to find that someone. Who's that person that you desire for me to try to, go through this dating process, this evaluation to see if, if I should get married. He's like, God, I'm inviting you in and I invite you into this process. See, we refuse to pray in dating and when we refuse, we, what we're refusing is to receive the resources we know most need in the dating process. We struggle in dating to discern our hearts, to communicate with one another, to balance priorities and responsibilities, to even reject sexual temptation and we never ask God for his wisdom, strength, and help. And then we wonder in the midst of the dating relationship, like, where did I get it wrong? Why does this always fail? As we keep Jesus on the bench, even though we're still coming to church. Are you dating prayerfully? To date prayerfully, and this invitation to pray in dating, is the path into having our feelings and our desires 
tested, confirmed, and fulfilled. Because we'll have feelings and we'll have desires. And if I'm dating prayerfully, what I'm saying is God, in what I'm feeling and what I desire, test this, confirm this. Will you fulfill this? If we negate this, the simple ask, but I think where we need to start most, I think we tend to lean to, and I talked a little bit about this last week, we lean too much into allowing our feelings and our flesh to determine who we should go after and how we should go about the process of dating, of that evaluation moment to to get to where that destination of marriage is supposed to be. Prayerfully, dating is being able to pray for freedom to date differently than the culture tells us we have to. It's giving us a passion for each other's faith and joy in Jesus and not each other. As you pray in the midst of dating, you're keeping your affection for one another, but you're asking in the midst of that affection as we grow to like each other more and more, God, will you protect us from falling into the sexual temptation that will come about? It's saying in the midst of this dating as as I'm pursuing this other person and as we're going through this evaluation process, it's saying, God, as Jesus warned the church of Ephesus in Revelation that they lost their first love, it's saying, God, don't allow me to lose my first love, which is you, Jesus. Date prayerfully. Second principle, date intentionally. And and, and this is maybe where I get too old school, um, but I just think there is damage and casually approaching dating life, especially for the follower of Jesus. We are intentional beings, period. In every other aspect of life, we look at why am I doing this specific or certain thing, and dating should be no different. What does it look like for you to be intentional in dating? There's three aspects of this. One, you wanna be intentional in the initiation, in the startup. You wanna be intentional in that moment where it's like, okay, I'm coming, and I'm bringing clarity as I initiate what this relationship could be. You want to be intentional in your intention through the process of dating, always being clear, always being honest. And then if necessary, you want to be really intentional about having to exit and what it looks like to potentially end a relationship, which you want to do sooner rather than later, because the more you invest and the more time you put in, the deeper the hurt that ends up happening. So up front, what does it look like to be intentional up front? It means to initiate with clarity. It means to make really, really clear, here are my expectations for this relationship. And this is different contextually depending on your relationship. So for me and Abby, we were friends. We had a foundation of understanding each other. It's like, I knew more than she was a girl who went to church. Like, I knew a little bit more about her. I knew what her major was. I knew how many siblings she had. But it's because we were friends. And we'd become friends. If it's someone you don't know, to be intentional in the initiation of a startup of a relationship in the dating process, to bring clarity to that isn't to say that you need to write up front the first time you have that date to say, okay, I'm looking to get married. Is that what you want? Because that's weird, especially if you do it with someone you don't know well. But if you know them well and you've had this foundation of friendship, it's okay to take them out. Say, I'd love to go, and be honest, be clear. I'd love to take you out on a date. Because that automatically puts in their head, okay, this is something more than just a friendship thing. And especially if you know them at that date, it's okay to be honest, especially in the process, to be able to say what you really want and desire. If you don't know them, it's okay to go on three or four dates. 
It's okay to say, hey, would you, why don't you come along with me? I'm hanging out with my group of buddies. Bring your friends. Here's what we're going to do. But if you, and I've seen this happen. Guys, if you invite a girl to come hang out with you and your friends, don't ignore them when they get there. Like you invited them there for a purpose. Invite them into the conversations you're having. That makes sense. Like, I've seen this happen and it gets hurt. And then also, at the end of that date, of that moment where you're just, hey, we're just continuing to get to know each other, especially if you don't know them well or you're new in the relationship, don't allow them just to leave and not talk to them. <laughs> be intentional and be clear. Bring clarity. Where there is a lack of clarity, there's an abundance of confusion. And confusion is messy and it's dirty and it's gross. And it's hurtful. So if I'm bringing, I'll say this, me and Abby would do this a lot, especially when we were friends, but when I started to like, and we came back that next year, and, and I'll tell the story of what happened in the summer and what happened after we talked about each other, how we liked each other that first night. But we came back semester year, it wasn't until end of November that I actually started really pursuing her in relationship. Everything we did, I invited her into moments where I was gonna, one, be around other people, but also where I could, at the end of it, be really intentional with, I'd love to continue to do this. I'll call you. And then there was a moment where we sat down, and it was, it was a story I told last week about Perkins when I got sick, but the moment before the food came when I got really sick, is the reality, we both were on the same page because we were friends, like, we both desire to get married. Let's use this time as an opportunity for us to see, okay, will this work? And in that, I didn't know what that was going to look like, and we put the label on it, a boyfriend and girlfriend, and all the things that don't really ultimately matter. But we set up our expectations up front. And in doing that for us, in that moment at Perkins, before I threw up and had stuff coming out the other end too for the next four hours, it allowed us then, in the midst of that relationship, as we were going through the dating process, as we were evaluating to see if we could actually be married and live the rest of our lives together, it allowed us to set up a, a foundation of honesty and to be able to respect one another well. Initiate with clarity. When you don't bring clarity, when you don't allow yourself to give the expectations that are necessary, you will bring confusion. Because the other person wondering, like, what is this about? And then you're also wondering, because you didn't have the conversation, what is this about? And there's confusion and it's messy. Be okay with admitting you want to get married and it's okay in that moment of dating. Maybe you've gone on a couple dates and it's like, okay, I want to enter in this process of dating, of this evaluation. It's okay to say, like, I want to get married. Like, not this minute. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm not trying to freak you out, but I really want to get married. Is that something you also would desire? And then to give them opportunity to respond back honestly. Man, when you can start out the dating, again, dating evaluation to see if this could be in a marriage. When you start out that way, man, they're just, <laughs> clarity allows us to have confidence, which allows us then to lead to courage. When you give clarity, there's confidence in knowing, okay, what are the next steps in the process? And when I'm confident in knowing what I need to do next, I have courage to actually go do that thing. And that's even at the end, if necessary, you get to the moment where it's like, I don't think this is gonna work out. Bring clarity, be intentional with the relationship. It's okay to come up, and it doesn't mean you're not going to feel pain, and it doesn't mean you're not going to potentially be hurt. But it's better to end it when you know you need to end it than to continue to allow it to keep going, because you're just going to continue to invest emotionally, and you're going to allow the pain and the hurt to get deeper and deeper. 
bring clarity. Clarity allows you to have confidence and the other person to have confidence to know. Here's the next steps. Here's how we can continue to enter into this process or to be able to say confidently and courageously, no, I actually don't want that. I just want to be friends. And it's like, okay, that's okay. That's good. Be intentional. Bring clarity. Be upfront with your expectations. Don't be worried about it. <laughs> and and <laughs> sorry, I'm thinking if I should say this. I, I knew a gal. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and I did. And I don't know I don't know why this is a thing, but it ended up working out, but I don't think it was wise. So it's still try to be really wise about it. Where saw this guy, they went on a date. She said at the date, we're gonna get married. And that's weird. That's a weird expectation to say, like, I'm marrying you. Have you ever seen New Girl? It's that moment when Schmidt says to Cecil, like, girl, I'm going to marry you, and that's to put $5 in the jar, right? I'm not going to say that word. But that, like, it's weird. And also, don't bring in expectations. Like, yeah, be clear. Be intentional. But don't bring in expectations like, I want to be dating for three months, and then I want to be engaged, and you got to have me this size of a ring, and then we got to be engaged for this long, because I need six months to plan the perfect wedding. That's weird expectations. Like, be wise about it still. Let's try to be smart about it. Also, and I asked Abby, like, okay, in the midst of trying to be intentional with the relationships at the beginning to bring clarity, in the midst of the process, like always being honest, here's where I'm at, here's what I'm feeling, let's continue or let's not. I said, what's like the one thing you would want to tell these college and young adults? And she said, let them know that it's okay if it doesn't work out because I think in the church there's a myth that because we follow Jesus, it should work every time. And that's not true, and that's Okay. Be intentional. Clarity brings confidence to know what to do, which creates courage to be able to do the thing you know you should do. Third thing, date in community. Weave your dating relationship into other meaningful relationships. I think one, and I don't know, I've noticed a little bit in the last year and a half I've been here, and I noticed a little bit when I was in Watertown, your generation's not great about dating in community. Like there's been this trend and this trend of, uh, separating yourself for the evaluation process to do it one-on-one and not allow other people to speak well into your life. Proverbs eleven fourteen. we're going to put these on, on the, what's this called? Screen, that too. In uh, Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Look at that first one, where there's no guidance and people fall, but in an abundance of counselors, an abundance of people in your life who are able to give you advice and give you encouragement, who are able to see how your relationship works. How do you treat each other in the midst of trying to be, go dating and, and do this process? There is safety in having people around you who can evaluate if that person's the right guy or not, or if that gal is the right one or not. And this isn't, there's gonna be people in your life who wanna be those counselors and advisors, and, and, and some of those people shouldn't be. Because there's gonna be some people in your life who are gonna pressure you to go too fast and too quick. And if you feel that pressure, tell them to back up and stop and recognize who is in my life that I can, who do I trust, who I see are followers of Jesus, that can be other couple that you see and notice that you're friends with and say, hey, let's go on a, can we go on a double date? Will you just see how like we interact with each other and, and can you see how, how, how we go about just like, Inner, being with one another in, in public and, and with each other, how we treat one another. Can you see, like, okay, for me, Abby went on a two-week 
um, a mission trip to Africa about a month after we told each other we liked each other. And it was a, a mission trip that went through Oasis that the pastor, his name is Rick, at the time led. And, and Rick was the man who'd been discipling me since I gave my life to Jesus. So he knew me really, really well. He didn't know Abby well. And he knew I liked Abby. And so in this process, he, he spent two whole weeks being able to get to know Abby a little bit more. And then as they came back and as the school year started and as me and Abby started to be more intentional in, in our relationship, I would ask him like, hey, when we're at Oasis, when we're at Tuesday night meet, uh, leadership meeting, can you just see like how she interacts? Like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Can you confirm what I think I've found in, in, in this person? How, ama- how amazing I think she is, how cool I think she is, the heart that she has for Jesus. Can you just like watch us and how we interact with one another? And I know she had the same thing. She had a best friend who's named Heather who was really, really intentional about making sure I was not gonna treat Abby badly, that I wasn't a complete tool. And we need community most of all in our life because we need help in dating because infatuation throws off our ability to evaluate well. It's, we, we approach in these moments and when we feel like we found that person, the infatuate, infatuation and, and admiration and affection can grow so much that we actually treat it and we, and we approach it like a Backstreet Boy song. I don't care who you are, where you're from, like what, what you did, as long as you love. Like we do that. And you think about that, it's like, like you, you love this person so much and are so infatuated that you don't care who they are. We do that. Like, you don't want to know where they're from. Like, you don't want to know the deepest and, 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 and really intimate, cool details about who they are as a person. You just, like, as long as they love you, that's good. And we treat it to where love is just this emotional thing. We need people in our life to be able to catch us, keep us accountable, encourage us, ask us really, really tough questions. I need to move on because we're going so slow. I'm sorry. So, date and community. If you have two different sets of friend groups, create a night of hanging out and have both friend groups come together and say, hey, watch how we interact. Would you just see how we, how we live life together? Allow them to be really intentional with you in that moment to help you evaluate well because sometimes infatuation throws us off. Fourth, date with autonomy. And this is independence. Again, what we see in modern day, we saw the Bible is really good at, the Bible is just really good. I could just stop there and it'd be okay. But it's good at helping us address certain relationships in our life. It's like, okay, brothers and sisters in Christ, like here's how y'all are. Treat one another, spur one another on towards loving good deeds, encourage one another. Talks about, okay, husband and wife, here's how y'all are supposed to like treat each other. There's submission and there's reverence and there's respect and there's love and it's beautiful and do this and all the things. And it even talks about, okay, like, Children and parents, like, hey, y'all, like, children, honor your father and mother. And there's this aspect of relationships that we call dating that is not addressed in the Bible. And what's happened is our culture has wanted us and forced us to put labels on it and to make it something deeper and more meaningful than it should be. And to date with autonomy is to recognize and say, okay, in the dating and evaluation process and even in the engagement process, I'm still single until I say the vow. What we want to do is we start dating and we feel like, like whether it's even really, really soon into the relationship or kind of in a while into the relationship is we want to start making plans with each other before we've given any commitment to one another. To date with autonomy is to say, okay, I'm going to still go live my life. You still go live your life. I'm still going to go where I'm called to go 
especially if there's been no promise or commitment made to one another. Until you've been clear in the commitment that you want to make to one another, stop inviting that person that you're dating into the most intimate decisions of your life because you haven't allowed yourself to make the vow of commitment and responsibility in that relationship. Dating with autonomy is to say, I don't have access to all of you and you don't have access to all of me. To date with autonomy is to say, you know what, There's, I'm recognizing that we're in this dating, which is this evaluation process, which is really good, and we're trying to see, like, okay, could we get married one day, and it's going to be really good, but I'm going to save some things, and I'm not going to hand over things that are meant for my future spouse, which gets us to the next point, to date with purity. They're connected. To say, you don't get all of me, and I don't get all of you because we're not married yet. There are, that leads us to be able to make some really healthy boundaries that we need in our life. And unfortunately, what we've done in the church is we've allowed, and I think just in general, we've allowed purity to be sexually only, to be completely and purely physical. But if we read the Bible, what we can recognize and see is that purity is about relationship and not accomplishment. I'm gonna say that again. Purity is about relationship and not accomplishment. And we can recognize and have that definition in our heads. What it does is help us look, look spiritually, where's my relationship? Purity is not about what I've done or haven't done. It's the reality that spiritually, because you've given your life to Jesus, he has made you pure. To be pure is to be in relationship with the pure one who is Jesus. And so if I can look at it with that lens first and foremost, that okay, to be pure first of all starts spiritually with this idea that I've been made blameless and holy because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, then I can look at, okay, because of that, how do I continue to then live purely, not just physically, but also emotionally? To date in purity is to recognize that we need to have healthy boundaries spiritually, physically, and emotionally in the dating process. You boys ready? All right, come on up. This is going to be fun for me. I don't know about for them. Can you give, let's give Land and Sam and Brandon a little hand here. I'm going to Sam. All right, I need you guys to sit. Brandon, you be in the middle. And then Landon, you can come on over here. Yes. Just perfect. Love it. Y'all look good. It's, you, great, you look great from on top. Your hairs look great. It's beautiful. It's nice. It's wonderful. Okay, now I want you guys to hold hands. When we think of purity and dating with purity, we need to keep in mind the reality of a holistic view of what it means to be pure. This idea that holistically for me to be pure, I need to have emotional, physical, which we're going to lean more towards sexual, and spiritual boundaries in the midst of the dating process. Now, our culture, what has happened is that we've allowed sex to be the primary way for us to connect right away, and then everything else will come from that. So, Brendan, you're going to be my sexual uh, column. <laughs> I said it. I'm not afraid of it. I'm going to need you to stand up. Right there. Don't, don't let go. Don't let go. Stand all the way up. I need you just right there. Boom. Perfect. So, our culture says, okay, in order to start the dating relationship, you need to get physically intimate as soon as possible. And what happens is that once you physically allow a boundary to be crossed, there comes tension emotionally and spiritually where the other two desire to, to, to have to catch up. And it happens immediately, go ahead and stand on the chair, when you go all the way. Go ahead and stand up. Don't let go. It's, there's this fighting and this tension because we're holistic and, and, and perfect, perfectly made beings that 
physically, when something goes up, physically, when I've allowed a boundary to be crossed, that emotionally, the emotions want to catch up to it. Physically, then there becomes this connection emotionally that we're bonded in some way. And spiritually, even in a cultural perspective, I want to catch up. I need to catch up. There's a tension. And eventually what happens is we want to catch up. And so we allow those boundaries then to be crossed as well. (laughs) Good job. And this is culturally. So culturally, it's, it's physically, let's be intimate. It's emotionally, then there's a connection, and I love you, and it's good, and, and I want to catch up. And then spiritually, even if you don't know Jesus, the reality is spiritually, we have a hole inside of us that needs to be filled that only Jesus can fill. And so we allow the person that we become intimate with physically and emotionally to be that fulfillment for us. Now, in the church, we do the same thing. So, Yep, go down. Church happens the same way. Sorry. It hurts. Once one rises, the other feel the need to have to catch up. Oh, you guys are beautiful. <laughs> Sorry. But church, sometimes it happens like this, where spiritually, you're going to stand up. Spiritually, oh man, we go to the same church. We love in Jesus together. It's like we talked all night the other night. We confessed our deepest sins, and it was beautiful, and they're like my spiritual discipler. And then all of a sudden, it's like you've gotten so far that you confess so much that everything just wants to catch up. And so, there's a reality that even when the spiritual side gets up, the emotional and the physical, we'll start with you, want to stand. And spiritually, especially in the church, you, you get connected spiritually. And then the emotions are like, oh, I love this person. I want to be with them forever. And Brendan's sitting here like, guys, what about me? Like, I'm gonna ca- I need to catch up. I feel weird. I'm not at the same level. You guys can sit down. Thank you. Give me a hand. Give me a little hand. We were made so amazingly and so connected that when we allow either a physical or spiritual or emotional boundary to be crossed, the other two feel that need and pressure to have to catch up. So you're going to go through the dating process frustrated sometimes. Because as you continue to go and as, as, as yes, maybe boxes get checked and things on your list start to get, start to get marked off and crossed off, you're going to want to catch up. Like emotionally and intimately, you grow, and that's okay, and that's good. This is why we need specific certain boundaries. And now next week, we're going to talk about sex and dating. You're going to go a little more into this idea of the myths about, about sex in the world and in the church and talk about physical boundaries. But sometimes we need to do better in the church about setting emotional boundaries. And this is why. Whether it's physical intimacy, emotional intimacy, or even spiritual intimacy and connection. A severity of a breakup is not tied to the amount of time that you date, but the intensity of the experience. As I've dived in emotionally and got connected, and whether it was really good and really healthy, if there's a breakup, there's pain. And that's okay to grieve. But if I go too fast and I cross boundaries, I shouldn't. It's not about how long we've been together. It's how deep did we go? Was it too quick? Did I have community around me? Was I intentional? Was I prayerful? So here's some things to allow you to have some spiritual and emotional boundaries that I know have helped me. One, define I love you. Date with purity, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Some emotional and spiritual boundaries. Define I love you. It's this recognition that I love you is not just a statement of affection and an emotion. 
allow 1 Corinthians 13 to actually be a definition of love for you. When I say I love you to my wife every morning, it's not I, I, I like you and, and I, I really emotionally am for you and connected to you. It's when she leaves to go to work, it's I love you is saying, I'm remembering the vows that I took and today and every single day, I'm choosing to love you, I'm choosing to honor you, I'm choosing to cherish you, I'm choosing to love you in sickness and in health. We've allowed the culture to define what love is for us and we've allowed it to be emotion always. Don't, another one, don't talk about marriage all the time. Talk about it up front, set your expectations, be clear, but don't continue to talk about it for day after day. Every date we're on, it's like, oh, we're getting married, we're planning our weddings. Like, dude, that's super unhealthy. Because what's happening is you're allowing yourself to cause unhealthy levels of intimacy. Know that you're not each other's primary spiritual companion. Don't allow yourself to be because it creates an emotional and spiritual connection that is saved for a future spouse. Commit to opening up slowly. You don't have to share everything immediately right away because you'll create connections and maybe you'll share things that were supposed to be saved for your future spouse. And don't make hasty promises. Ecclesiastes 5.5 says, it's better not to make a vow than to make one and not fulfill it. I failed in this. So I told you about me and Ab. And we told each other we liked each other. And it was finals week. She got through finals week and we were gonna see each other again in two weeks for a wedding here in town by actually a couple who's still in Brookings who comes to this church. And we're gonna be at the reception. It's like, okay, we'll talk at the reception. We'll make a plan for the summer. Here's what it's gonna look like. And we went and we walked around campus and, and we went to the Campanile and we had just really good talk and really good conversation and it was pretty, pretty healthy until the moment came where I said, okay, this summer I'm going to call you every week. And then when we get back together this fall, we'll start dating and be boyfriend, girlfriend. And I made promises that were hasty, unprepared, not prayed over, and not allowed other people in my community to be a part of the process. Set healthy, emotional, spiritual, and physical boundaries. Six, date graciously. Be kind to one another. This idea of, of being kind to one another is, is also to be, uh, what's the word? Um, courteous to one another. That's not the right word. Brennan, what's the word? Courtesy. <laughs> that too, I can't read well sometimes. To have courtesy to one another, and, and it, it's derived from this idea of being in a court. And not just like a judge, a room of judgment where it judges and there's lawyers and all that stuff. It's the reality of being a court of the king. It's how would you act towards the king's sons and daughters if you were in his presence? As followers of Jesus, we've been committed to treat each other like brothers and sisters, encouraging one another, helping one another to become and grow in faith in Jesus. It's treating each other, yes, like brothers and sisters because one day what's gonna happen because you have an allegiance to Jesus, he's gonna talk to you about how you treated each other and that includes in the midst of the dating relationship. We, yes, we wanna encourage each other and spur one another onto our love and good deeds, becoming more like Jesus because of the interactions and time that you spent together. Proverbs eleven sixteen says, a gracious, a kind-hearted woman gains honor and respect. Proverbs 19, what is desirable in a man is steadfast love. And this idea of steadfast love is kindness. It's grace. It's courtesy. Are you kind to one another? Is the person that you're dating, are they someone that cares for you? And is it obvious that they care for you? And do you care for them? Extend grace in ways that Jesus would extend grace to and for you. Abby 
did this incredibly well. And to be honest, kindness is incredibly attractive. It just is. Last one, and the team can come up. Date patiently. Trust the, trust the Lord. Proverbs 14 says, whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Now, this isn't this idea of having to sit in the midst of this relationship in anguish and in pain, wondering, okay, are they ever gonna change? Am I ever gonna change? Are we ever gonna be good enough? Is that thing that's in our relationship that I see is super unhealthy ever gonna stop so we can eventually enter into engagement and marriage? Patiently waiting and patiently dating is saying, trust the process of the evaluation and in the midst of that, hand it over and recognize and know that God is in control. And sometimes that takes time. And time is okay. Ben Stewart says it like this, go as slow as you have to, but as fast as you can. Go as slow as you have to, but as fast as you can. And then do that well and to know what that looks like is an individual Conviction for you, but also if you date communally, prayerfully, and intentionally, I think God will reveal to you what it looks like for you to go as slow as you have to, but as fast as you can in the dating process. As we end tonight in worship, again, as I was preparing this and and, and thinking about this and reading what I was reading and listening to what I was listening to and figuring out like what what is, needs to be said and how can we do this in a way that encourages people in the midst of the relationships they're in and have had and will have. What I want you to know more than anything is it's okay that in these principles, these seven ways of how to date, it's not as black and white as maybe as I've allowed it to come across. It is okay if you haven't done these things perfectly or even now in your relationship in the dating and evaluation phase of the relationship if you have failed. Because there is always forgiveness in Jesus and God can redeem any relationship. But maybe you heard something tonight and you need to incorporate one of these things in the midst of your desire to want to one day get married. Maybe it's you just haven't really prayed about it and God tonight is asking you to pray about it. Maybe you've not been intentional in your initiation and brought clarity and expectation to the relationship and you both are just confused and you need to have that conversation and we just need to set this up. Hey, where are we going? What are we doing here? Maybe you need to invite some people into your life to be able to help you evaluate what's going on. Are you dating in community? In any of these things, know that God is for you. That as you do follow him and chase after him, and we do that because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, where we recognize we're sinners and we screwed up and we failed before God, but in his great love, he sent Jesus to die for us on the cross and was raised again. And because of that, we have now a relationship that's perfect with God. That doesn't mean life is perfect, but that means that we have life now and we can experience joy and peace that does surpass understanding. It's in life in general or in your dating and evaluation in this process. Know that God is there. He is with you. And yes, if you screwed up, know you're forgiven. Know that there can be a way to actually date intentionally, purposely, and biblically.
and know that sometimes it's a lot easier said than done and that's okay because we're messy people are messy we got baggage we got stuff but God is good and he redeems and he restores and what we see as ugly and negative in our own life what's dead and what's ash in us God turns to beauty so would you stand we're going to sing a song of worship and surrender and asking God to continue to light within us a a fire that is uncontrollable and a passion for him that is sustainable and, and pushes us through every every little thing that we encounter in life there's going to be some leaders in the back that if you need prayer for anything maybe it's relationship stuff they're back there for you they love you they want to pray with you Father we thank you for tonight thank you that in every relationship and an area of our life we can trust you that we can cast all of our cares onto you thank you that as we follow you and run towards you passionately you do give us the desires of your heart and what's awesome is as we run towards you passionately Jesus sometimes those desires get changed sometimes what we thought was going to be really good for us or that even that person that was supposed to be the right person God as as I continue to be faithful and running after you wholeheartedly you change our desires and I thank you that you do align as we run after you fully you align what's within our soul with what you have for us thank you for your patience with us for your grace towards us that we can trust you with everything that we are because you're good and you help us and you teach us and you are for us Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you, you say. Help us to take that promise and run with it. We love you, Jesus. Yeah, it's in your name we pray. Amen.
Um, and even as we navigate how to be in a relationship with other people, we know that you're with us um, and that if we simply rely on you and trust you to lead us um, and surrender maybe our own agendas or our own ideas of how we should go about things, that you'll, you'll give us direction and guidance. And so I pray for each one of these people as they leave this week, um, that as we go out into the world, into day-to-day life, as we go into relationships that we already have established, Um, I pray that we would recognize where you're moving and working and where you're leading us in specific areas to either do specific things or interact with certain people. Um, So I just pray that over over each one of us as we leave this place. um, Help us just to go and to, to be your light in the world. It's in your name that I pray. Amen. Go this week to rest and die.